and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Corwin Kroll. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 522. Woohoo! Damn that ch- chat. I can't get these woohoos out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll haunt me in my dreams. Horror so, will live forever. That's right. It'll be it'll be Chad's one last living long-term legacy. The woos! He and Ric Flair. Uh <laughs> So tonight is the, at least for me anyway, maybe for nobody else, but it's the long-anticipated The Flash movie spoiler-filled discussion. <laughs> Much like the making of the movie itself, getting get, getting an episode on this on on the movie seemed like it was taking just as long. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless. So before we go into anything about this movie, and Lord knows, I'm sure there'll be plenty to discuss about this movie on, on many levels. What did you think about the movie, Corwin? Because we actually didn't share any thoughts on what what you thought about this. Overall, I thought the story was in the right place. I it, There was some fun to it. There are some, of course, there's some things that just didn't gel properly at all with the movie itself. But it had a heart. The story was there, which I'll give them props for. Now, I've seen this movie twice, and my feelings on this movie have fluctuated a bit. But it's come, it's kind of fluctuated now in a good way. When I saw it the first time, this was my most anticipated movie of the year. So I, I went in, I know, I knew what, you know, I knew pretty much what I needed to know. I knew the reviews were not good, and I knew, you know, it was not that the box office forecast was not good. And I even knew I knew about the little, you know, the little twist ending and things like that. So I so I didn't go in with a lot of surprise, but I was still hoping I would react to it differently. I liked the movie when I first saw it. The ending really bothered me as far as how we got there. And I also thought, which wasn't the case when I saw it the second time, that I missed that whole part with the tomato cans, which we'll talk about. I thought they literally showed that. What Barry did. But they didn't. So then, so that made me feel better afterwards when I went back and saw it a second time. I was like, no, see, I, I, it's not like I zoned out about that. I mean, you obviously you're supposed to assume what happened happened, but you didn't actually see it. So I wasn't like, so that made me feel better about my initial assessment. So when I saw it the second time, overall, I do really like this movie. There's a lot of things in it that are good. The ending still bothers the hell out of me, and we'll, and we'll talk about the a lot. We're going to talk about the ending, no doubt. But mm-hmm. but then again, like I kind of jokingly said to Chatter, and he's talking about going doing his review of the nine seasons now of the Flash. Now that it's done, 
if you watch nine seasons of Barry, of that Barry Allen, you can't really say you, you can't really say a, a Barry Allen making horrible t- decisions when it comes to time travel is really <laughs> out of character. It may not be as in character to the comic book Barry Allen as much, but as far as what we're used to seeing in the media, you know, TV and movies, it's like, well, that's par for the course. It's like, what Barry make have Barry learned from his mistakes? No, we can't possibly do that. But I still, so I still don't like what they did with the ending, especially related to what the original ending was too. Even though it's still, well, you, you're gonna have to explain. You, you got yeah. to tell me what that is later on. But yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still. I mean, mind you, the whole process of getting to that ending was the same. Barry screwing th- screwing around with things still got you to that point. It's just that what we got was nowhere near what they were, what they originally shot, and what it was supposed to be. Uh, this is like a that was like a byproduct of all the changes in the in the DCU and who's in charge now versus who was in charge when it was first filmed since this movie essentially was filmed years ago the majority of it so there's lots of changes that went through um, I suppose like like Dan and I did with Guardians that's I'm going to try to do a, a relatively succinct not a Dan Kurtzky level succinct <laughs> rap but I'm going to try to do a but still, I'm going to do it less. And my goal is to do it way less than five minutes. So this will be the basic plot breakdown. And yes, like I mentioned, this is spoiler filled. Uh, it's really hard to discuss this movie without going into spoilers, even beyond even beyond the stuff that we've seen in trailers and things like that and stuff people kind of knew going in. The thing to understand about this movie, the whole catalyst to this movie is the fact that it drives Barry to do stupid Barry things. <laughs> is that his father's appeal is about to come up and to get him out of jail for the murder of his mom, which of course he didn't, he, you know, he's innocent, but Barry's the one who was driving this appeal and he, his father kind of was, his kind of, his father's kind of given up on all this and doesn't really care, but he did it to make Barry happy more than anything. And, and Bruce Wayne's technology magnifies the, the security footage at the supermarket, which should have under normal circumstances or could have got Barry's father off the hook. But Barry's father never bothered to look up when he was buying the can of tomatoes that morning at, or that afternoon at the at the uh, supermarket. So that enhanced footage means nothing. Everybody knows his appeal is destined to fail. And Barry's father's fine with it. But Barry really isn't. So he gets really frustrated and he, and he, and he runs faster than he's run before. And he finds out that he ends up going back in time like a, he can go back in time like a day, not. Not like a few seconds that I think happened, like in the Snyder Cut and things like that. So he goes back basically to the events of how the movie begins. And we can talk about that, too, because it is kind of they are funny scenes. But but and it's always and damn it, it's always Iris. It's always (laughs) even though, to be fair, Iris is well, you can't entirely call her innocent in this movie because she is kind of doing that reporter kind of a little bit kind of like, hey, I'm your friend because I want a story. But then she kind of like says, well, that was shitty of me. But she says she says magic words that inspire Barry after Bruce was giving the whole butterfly effect conversation to Barry about why he shouldn't do this. And we'll talk more about that. But Barry says, hey, you know, if I go back in time and instead of just like literally saving my mom, if I just like put that extra can of tomatoes in her cart that she forgot that sent her fa- his father to the store later on that day. Cause ba- and we'll and we'll have to talk. This is going to be the theme of the episode. We'll have to, we'll talk about this. Barry's whole theory on why his mother dies died to begin with is extremely shaky. It seems to be it seems to be proven true by the events of this movie, at least in this timeline. But there's a whole lot of supposition here, and why <laughs> it is it is conclusion. 
So Barry does that. He goes back. He put he puts the can of tomatoes in in the shopping cart. Heads back to the present. He gets pushed out of the t- of the chronosphere or the chrono ball by the dark flash. Back when he's only eighteen, so he doesn't really make it back properly. That's where he interacts with young Barry on the day with, that our Barry was supposed to get his powers. So Barry's kind of thinking that. That, you know, the, the closed loop concept of time travel. Well, this Barry has to get his powers or else I'm going to lose mine and I'll never get and I'll never get back. He gets Barry his powers. He loses his powers in the process. That's when Zod ends up showing up to, to echo the events of Man of Steel. Barry, our Barry finds out that none of the metahumans that he knows of that are in the Justice League or any that he knows of, period, exist. But by luck of the draw, there is a Batman in this universe, but nobody knows who he is. Barry's confident he knows who he is. Both Barrys go to Wayne Manor. That's where wait, we. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get to that, you you missed a critical part of the story. Which which part? The main actor of Back to the Future. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'll throw that in. It, 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 the only problem with that is it's an inside joke that like you and I might get, but a lot of people wouldn't get the idea that it it in this universe the original the original Marty McFly, which was Eric Stoltz, he's still Marty McFly. Which is like another, which is a whole nother butterfly effect, right? Because Michael J. Fox ends up becoming and foot, goes in Footloose, and Kevin Bacon ends up in, in Top Gun. <laughs> Stupid but funny. It's funny. It is funny. So they go to they go to Wayne Manor where we meet the Howard Hughes Bruce Wayne, <laughs> who gives us a really awesome explanation with pasta how the multiverse and time yes. travel works, at least in their universe. That was that was it awesome. was yeah I, it made it made it made a lot it made a lot of, it made a lot of sense based on the what they're how they're approaching time travel. Bruce Wayne doesn't want to help at first. He's kind of been there, done that. You know, Gotham is is one of the, is the safest city in the world now. They don't need me. I'm not really Batman anymore. But he kind of he watches Barry. Both Barrys break into the Batcave to do some work. Bat, Bruce Wayne observes all this and and Barry knows Bruce Wayne enough to know he's watching. So he's talking to him and he mentions the Alfred thing because he sees the Alfred, a pen from Alfred on, on the workstation at the computer and talks about how, you know, you, my Bruce had an Alfred, you have an Alfred. There's these fixed points in time and things that commonality. Bruce eventually d- agrees to help because it's all about the Superman. It's all about Superman, according to Barry, that's critical in, in stopping Zod. Bruce thinks he finds where Superman is, they go to they go to Russia, I think Siberia to get to get him. Turns out, of course, it isn't Superman. It's Kara. It's Supergirl. And this timeline, Superman never made it to Earth, which we find out because Zod kind of got his pod first and killed him, thinking the Codex was in him. When, of course, in this timeline, it's actually in in Kara. Kara doesn't want to help at first because, of course, people have to lock her up and kept her from prison. Perfectly logical, logical. But then she sees Zod being doing Zod things. And that causes her to to jump on Team Flash, if you will. Barry, our Barry, needs to get his power back and convinces Bruce to help him get it back to try to recreate the experiment. It fails, but Kara now is returned, saying she will help. She picks the wounded Barry up into the sky. He gets hit by lightning again. Boom, we're all good. Then you get to the third act, where some of this, a lot of the stuff, tends to fall apart, and you have this the two Flashes. Taking on the Kryptonians along with Kara and Batman, Bruce Wayne. And this doesn't go very well. And we find out that this is one of those nexus points, fixed points in time that cannot be changed. That Batman's meant to die. Kara's meant to die. And, and basically this whole world is meant to die. Zod is meant to win 
in this timeline and there's nothing that can be done. They go back in time multiple times to try to fix things to, you know, in the battle. It doesn't work. And that's when we get our big reveal that the Dark Flash is actually an older version of this younger version of Barry. Because as you see him going back in time, he keeps getting he takes more and more like Kryptonian armor with him and his weapons. And he keeps getting and he has a scar on his face. And you find out this Dark Flash has the scar on his face. And he he basically has been parallaxing this thing all this time, going back in time constantly because he just can't let it go. He believes that there's a way to fix this timeline and save this world. And in the process, he's practically destroying the multiverse. Our Barry convinces young Barry about the futility of doing things over and over again because of what their mother taught them. There are some problems that can't be solved. Very important to remember that point because because our Barry is about to flip the bird to that concept in like five minutes. So he tell so he convinces young Barry that he's making a mistake. Young Barry sacrifices himself when the Dark Flash is about to kill our Barry because he's the obstacle now for him to for him to succeed in doing what he's doing. Then back then our Barry is free to return back in time along the way. Oh, oh Barry, along in time he stops to have this conversation with his mother that he should never have. He then. Not only he takes the tomato can out of the cart, that's fine, but then he reshuffles all the tomato cans. So now the, the can of the tomatoes that his father needed was on the top shelf instead of the middle shelf. So now he has to look up at the security camera. Comes back to the present. Then he barely in time to get to the court courthouse for the for the appeal. Now, because the footage has been changed, the footage now clears but Henry, right? Henry Allen. He's freed. Everything's everything's hunky dory. He gets he gets out, you know. Iris is there and they're, and they're kind of bonding and they're going to go out on a date and this, you know, and then Bruce Wayne calls him. It's like, Barry, I'm like, I'm happy for you. And, and oh, Bruce, I got all this stuff to tell you. Bruce pulls up, you know, the car pulls up, he gets out. And, and of course, Barry's, Barry's stunned. There's a lot of people who didn't read the spoilers because now Bruce Wayne in, in the, this timeline has now been changed to the, to the George Clooney version of Bruce Wayne. Which and, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and that essentially is the that is your breakdown of what happens in this movie. And it's so hard to go with. So so it's it's almost impossible to know where to start with this. But let's start again, because the ending is so important. Now, you can make a strong case philosophically <laughs> that there's no way to, quote unquote, fix the timeline, because even when you try to do something else to it, all you're doing is making an alteration to the alteration. However, uh-huh. however, the closest thing you could do which is what Barry, if he had a brain in his head, should have done, was as soon as he sees himself zoom by and put the can of tomatoes in his mom's cart, take the effing can of tomatoes and put it back on the shelf. That's what he should have done. But that's not what he does. After this whole thing about the butterfly effect, and we're talking butterfly effect in your classic Ray Ray Bradbury, a sound of thunder uh, butterfly effect here, because you are literally changing one small event in time that then has a massive repercussion going forward. And Bruce Wayne, when he's talking about the whole the way time works, it's that basically it's like it doesn't just if you change a point in time, it doesn't just change things going forward. It essentially sends almost like a temporal wave going backwards and you and you screw around with things. So even though his mother's going to die like in a couple of hours, he's still effing with the timeline. So you don't have no idea what that's going to do. And the whole changing of the, the cans on the you know, that didn't happen. So it's so Barry Allen like, but so stupid. But it also made me think, and it made me realize this the second time. I was like, even before when he traveled in time the first time, 
why the hell did he travel back in time to find out, number one, who actually killed his mother? Thank you. Thank you. That that was going to be one of the main things I was going to touch on because it made no sense. Because when you think about it, if you want to accomplish your goal of saving your father, which is really the, the initial goal, He's, I mean, he feels bad about his mother dying, but it seems like the real guilt in his life is, is, he, is that his father has paid the price for something he didn't do. And it's like it's a double whammy for him. At the very least, if you had gone back in time to see who killed your mother, then mm-hmm. you could always come back to the present knowing who did it and try to it's make the case. Yeah, exactly. try to prove it because then you're not fucking around with the past because these because you're just in the present. And now you're just. Yeah, that made that made. That that was that's so stupid. That was one of my biggest criticisms about everything. It's just like we got no answers to that after everything we've been through. No hints, no nothing. And it's just like, okay, fine. He made it. He had put things back so his mother still died. But what happened? We got no clue of what actually happened. And they should have filled that in at the very least. Right. And what I was, excuse me, what I was alluding to about Barry's whole theory related to his mother that, of course, we know in the comic books is absolutely not true at all. But his theory was always that, oh, basically it was a break-in gone wrong, that the only reason his mother died was essentially if that vehicle had been in the driveway, whoever broke in would have thought someone was home and they would not have gone in, which is might be true. And again, like in this timeline, the way this plays out, you have to assume he is correct because his mother doesn't die. Um, but it's but it's a whole lot of supposition there. It's because even if it was a break and gone wrong, it does not automatically translate to okay, she's gonna die. I mean, it could. I mean, I, I mean, we all know things escalate in weird ways sometimes, and people panic. But but it just it, there's a whole lot of supposition there. But it doesn't change the fact, like like you mentioned too. It's like how do you not just go back to first just for the sake of knowledge to know who did it. Because if you're going to fuck with the timeline, that would be the that would kind of be the way to do it. You find out who killed your mother and prevent them from killing your mother. <laughs> but, and, and, and even if Barry doesn't get to find out, they should at least show the audience. Yeah, I at least give us something or even would have been awesome is if Barry kept trying to go see and for some reason, red lightning just keeps him from getting into the house or red lightning just keeps knocking him back. So he can't actually get in. Something like that would have been just like. It would have given you a little bit of, hey, something actually strange is going on. But just we get nothing. No, that that whole that whole aspect, that whole aspect of this gets completely, completely swept away. And it's 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 a it's it's one of the big, big negatives, big negatives of the movie to me. I like the, the I like the opening scene. The opening scene is very funny, even and again, I think I think as a whole, the CGI in this movie gets a bad rap. Obviously, oh, the yeah. C, even the, the CGI at the hospital with the babies is horrible. That, that is horrible. It's hard. I mean, I looked beyond it because it's so comical and because of the fact that, I mean, in a way you don't want you don't want it to be overly realistic when you have a whole <laughs> when you when you have, have a whole nursery full of babies fall out a window. <laughs> But, but even that, the, the number two crime was his costume. Oh, the costume like for Flash, I did not like it. It's just too plasticky. It just it looked terrible to me. I didn't like it at all. That's interesting. That's a good point. It did it didn't phase me as much. I like the boots a lot. I did like the boots, 
I want one thing I did really enjoy throughout the movie. I did like the the relationship, or obviously in this in this time, or basically just in the DCU, we're supposed to believe that there's this natural connection between Bruce and Barry, mm-hmm. kind of like the Tony uh, Peter thing, except this seems more natural. You know, Tony was always kind of like being standoffish and kind of being a dick until basically the snap. And then it's like, oh, man, I I should have hugged that bastard. <laughs> well, at least Br- Bruce, at least in this movie, the Ben Affleck version, you you can tell that Bruce cares. Right. I think and I think and I think that worked because. Which is in a way when they replace I don't want to skip around too much. So the beginning, the beginning. Yeah. With, I Could you see the relationship, how the Justice League kind of works, too? in there and i do like how barry kind of just accepts that he's like the janitor of the justice league cleaning up everybody's mess and which and with his powers it makes sense because he's able to do a lot that other people can in a a really short period of time but the relationship with with bruce and barry i think works i think i do agree when ben affleck said that you know he it it took him like all this time but like he kind of like he kind of like understood the character the best way to play the character in this movie even though you don't get a lot of screen time obviously with him but you feel it. It's like you get the combination of the old beaten down Bruce Wayne that you saw originally in, in BVS and either version of the Justice League. But you're also but you're also seeing someone who realizes he made a lot of mistakes and he, and he just doesn't want Barry to make the same kind of mistakes that, that, that he's made. And and it is kind of sad. I mean, especially knowing the way I mean, to me, about because you didn't know the way that they were going to do the swap out at the end. And I did that when he's when he, and Barry's trying to basically have Bruce, you know, stay and so they can go get something to eat. And he goes, you know, like like maybe next time or another time that kind of that kind of touched me a little because you kind of because you because, again, for me, I knew that this was literally going to be the last time these two versions of the characters were ever going to interact. And and plus, you know, obviously, the Michael Keaton version echoes the same words when he's dying for the last time that we see uh, not not in the chronosphere, the chronodome, but when. uh and the actual, you know, in live action that we see him. But I, but I like, I like both versions of Batman that we got in this, in this movie. And obviously the Mike, Michael Keaton was the draw. Oh yeah. And, and Michael Keaton, he didn't disappoint. You know, he played that character the way, the way you pretty much would, would, would expect him, would expect him to play. There were, there were some cool nods, obviously, to the, to the, to the 89 movie, especially. Oh. The, the music, the, the his theme, yeah. It, the Joker bag, the the armor, the Hall of Armor. Um, yeah, the quotes. Uh, yes, the uh, and obviously the Batwing, things like that. So so I, Michael Keaton, I think Michael Keaton was one of the highlights. I think I love Sasha Kaye as oh. Batgirl. I mean Supergirl, excuse me. So cute. Oh, she's adorable. Yeah. The hair is perfect. The hair, I mean. I'm a sucker for short hair, especially but I'm, I'm a sucker more for short hair if it's, if the say if the sides are kind of shaved and she's kind of has something pseudo like that going on in here. But but yeah, she's she she's adorable. Or as John McClane would say, Sasha Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably bleep even, out the last part. <laughs> and her costume was on point. Yes, I it was. really, really dug her costume. That was fantastic design, even how they tuck the cape in the back and everything was just fantastic designing oh yeah it absolutely was and i do like and it makes sense because they go with the time i mean they go with the idea that because kara was older than kal-el when they were both being sent back she's more of the protector which also makes sense that she's more skilled 
as a fighter. She doesn't have to learn on the job as much as Clark had to do because Clark was completely raw. <laughs> and, you know, he hadn't been trained, you know. He's just a big burly guy who basically could be more of a brawler, but she's actually more skilled as a, as a fighter because she was that was part of her job is as a, as a protector. So, which of course, in theory, that anytime they wanted to, they could bring her back. They could have brought her back in the DCEU too, because they hinted at that in Man of Steel, because you saw the second pod that was already open. Yep. So essentially, they could have done the same exact thing where she got she she was looking she was looking for Clark and she got captured. So they could have done the same thing. Uh, which we'll talk about when we get talk about the alternate endings too, because th- that. So I think we got the best version of this was the best version of the Ezra Miller Flash, as in the our Barry, not the young Barry, the Barry that we fu- the main character Barry. Is it right. really Barry Allen? No, but it's but it's still the best overall version. It kind of took the, the positives that you got if you sat through the four hours of the friggin' Snyder cut. But the, the positives there, but it actually it it's that's what it, that's what angers me about the ending so much is there was a lot of character growth in Barry. Or not the window. Right. That was my take. Absolutely. We're on the same page there that all this character growth, like he's the one who's telling younger Barry's like, hey, you just can't keep doing that. And then they, they echo the words of, of, of their mother about. uh Can't solve. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's because my, it's because. Like yes. That. Yes, because of the some problems can't be solved. The reason I stopped was because I'm 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 hearing her speak, and in my mind, all I'm hearing is Sofia Vergara because her accent is so thick. <laughs> that was another change. That was another change. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he convinced. It's like there's some problems you can't solve, and you just have to accept it. And then he goes back and he and instead of just doing the easy the the most logical fix it's like you got to fuck around with it again it's like obviously you learned a lot <laughs> but st- but despite that that was a this which is a big despite you can't overlook it but it was it doesn't change the fact that this barry was the most likable version and the more com- and i like the confident version this is the most confident version we've gotten of, of barry i really liked and this is one of those little small little borderline easter egg things that when they're about to do battle with the Kryptonians, I think we kind of get our like Apollo Rocky secret fight answer who won the fight. I guess we get our I think we get our answer to who won the race between Superman and, and the Flash because <laughs> the fact that our Barry's telling younger <laughs> the younger Barry that they're fast, but we're faster. <laughs> yes. So I think I think I think that you have to assume he knows that because he beat Clark. <laughs> So, which is still a jumping off point, because it doesn't mean Clark has to be the fastest Kryptonian that ever lived. But the point, but with the speed force, it's a logical, that's a logical jumping off point of conclusion that he should, they should be faster than Kryptonians. And yes, and just Barry's use the way they were dispersing the extra energy and creating like the, you know, the the tornado like effects. Yeah. And the circuit for electricity. Yeah, the circuit. Yep. Yep. Completing the circuit and, and all that. That was, I thought that was, that was that was very effective. They did. I think they did a, did a good job at showing his powers and and why he's as formidable as, as as he can be. How do you feel about the fact that Zod is kind of the main villain and we don't actually have a real quote unquote Flash villain? Does that bother you at all? I think it I think it bothered me a little bit only because we know that you know we know this is a variation on Flashpoint. So we know it should have been reverse flash in there. We know there should have been, and I guess dark flash kind of takes his role, even though it's not in the same, 
literally not the same role because obviously dark dark flash doesn't kill barry's mom but dark flash is the one who's responsible for barry getting pushed into the wrong part of the timeline basically again this closed loop idea of time travel he needs barry to be there when he's 18 or else he'll never the young this barry will never get his power so he could never become dark flash to never try to reset the timeline and save and save the universe this save this universe it bothered me a little i mean zod was kind of a throwaway too because not i mean not that i i'm not a huge michael shannon guy anyway but and i but he was good in man of steel he was kind of a throwaway here i the thing that i liked most about zod was just the fact that zod clearly had a plan so even though it looked like you know a car was just beating the shit out of him and she and she was going to win that was all part of the plan just to basically draw her in and then and just so you could basically get her spear her at the right moment and then take the codex out of her and 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 be on his way beyond his beyond his way since he already started terraforming the planet anyway uh it bothered it bothered me a little but since it, i think it became clear that this was much more of a multiverse movie all along and a than a than a flash movie it didn't bother me nearly as much it bothered you more a little bit after the fact, I think the main thing that really just grated on me is the fact that we got no answers with with, with his mother. Then, of course, the some of the CGI, and then now we can actually go multiversal because it, it was a nice touch when they start touching on the different universes and we're right. seeing the worlds collide. But some of that CGI, I mean, the the well, we're spoiling here anyway. But the Nicolas Cage Superman, they could have done so much better with that. I think. Um, and then when you take into effect of how long has this movie been in production? Years. <laughs> you tell me all that extra time they couldn't say, hey, you know, here's another hundred thousand. Let's try to clean up some of the CGI and make it look better. I mean, they had literally years to polish this movie up. No, I agree. I agree. I just think the stuff like in the chrono in the chronosphere, that's the chrono ball. That's OK. I think that was OK. When you're in there and you're seeing the time go by and, and all these characters look kind of wonky, I think that's I think that's acceptable. I, I actually kind of buy their excuse for some of that, that that was done intentionally, that they wanted things to look weird and warped because that's the way you're looking at it through the. You know, through the speed force. time bubble or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, I, I I'm I think I, I think I'm OK with that. I was OK even with some of even some of the multiverse stuff that we saw and we I. The Christopher Reeve stuff I thought was fine. I mean, yes. And the Helen Slayer thing was surprising, but again, that's 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 all that's all right. We get to see, you know, the uh, an Adam West Batman world. We get to see a George Reeves Superman world. Uh, we got to see the original black and white Superman. I don't is that George? Yeah, that's, that's, um, George, that's George Reeves. George Reeves. Sorry, yep. I think about Christopher. It's okay. Yep. Yeah, one of those little interesting twists of fate having a George Reeves <laughs> and a Christopher Reeve. Uh, we got to see. Odd choice again, not having a Grant Gustin cameo, but having a what uh, Sears cameo as as uh, what you call it, Jay Garrick. That was kind of oh, a, so that, that was a real. So that was an actor that played Jay Garrick before. That was, and I think it was like a variation on Jay Garrick. It was because obviously John, John Wesley Ship also played Jay Garrick. I think right. I yeah, but it was somebody playing, somebody supposedly being Jay Garrick, even though I think that was one of the one of the other speedster villains maybe but i but either way no matter what it was supposed to represent jay garrick because yes and yeah. in in it's in the series that at one point it's like hey it's jay that's what's supposed to be and was known to be jay garrick so yes that was that was an odd choice you were if you didn't want to do grant gustin you think you could have done john wesley ship 
Yeah. I mean, so that that I think that would that would have been kind of like your neutral way of working around if you don't want to raise controversy or raise the comparisons to the TV flash that more people as much as that show went into the toilet down the stretch. That's people still liked Grant Gustin's flash better. So if you wanted to avoid that, I get it. it. It's not like they haven't already met. No, I know. I agree with I agree. <laughs> I, I don't the other thing. Yeah, I don't I don't quite understand that either. But but it, it was a cool effect, though, seeing the different multicolor worlds and then and the yeah. dark flash and the dark flashes attempt to keep going back in time over and over again was now causing almost like these incursions of these worlds started to come together and break apart. And they only went back together and healed and separated again once the dark flash was eliminated, once young Barry sacrificed himself. So oh, so so the dark flash killed his younger self and. And they and they and wiped themselves out of the timeline. Woo! Looper. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, time travel. Gotta love it. Um, uh, let Let's start going into the. I'll I'll just talk about the original ending. So the original. So the original. So the original ending that was shot because people saw saw the uh, stills from it and took pictures from it on set. The original ending was the same exact thing except Michael Keaton was now Batman in the DCEU. And Sasha Kaye, Supergirl, was supposed to show up, which indicated that at least she was alive in this timeline now, too. Now, I think probably because it was too vague and, and it, it raised, raised too many questions about what else changed. Then there was the second ending was going to be all those characters were still there. But then Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot were supposed to be there, too. So that's so you so you knew you weren't losing Superman. You just gained Supergirl. Girl. <laughs> and then we ended up with the George Clooney ending. Even though, again, especially the last couple of days, people have been talking about, which there were rumors about this a long time ago. Chad and I talked about this. This was the Grace Randolph story that they wanted Christian Bale. They really wanted it to be Christian Bale. I think at the very least, once they scrapped that it was going to be Michael Keaton, once they knew that this whole that they were going to be doing a universal reboot, it didn't make a lot of sense for it to be Michael Keaton. I think if they were not going to do a reboot. Then they probably might have kept Michael Keaton because it opened up a lot of possibilities for Batman Beyond and other things. And yeah. Batgirl, you know, she was supposed to be in that. Yes, movie that's too. yes, that's one of the reasons why that got scrapped too, and one of the reasons why I believe he he filmed the cameo for Aquaman too, which of course we'll, we'll never see now either because that Batman isn't Batman. Even though that little quirk about Aquaman being about the Jason Momoa Aquaman seemingly being Aquaman everywhere. But also, it's an interesting. That was the the these completely dumb true post credit scene is Barry and Aquaman coming out of a bar, and Barry's trying to explain to a drunken Aquaman about basically his his time travel multiversal jumping hijinks, which also indicate that he's that he's been to other universes too, because or else he wouldn't know that there that there are, that there are other universes that have an Aquaman that looks like Jason Momoa, because he just went to a universe that didn't have an Aquaman. <laughs> but it's it's. It's it's weird, but yeah. So, so I think they really wanted Christian Bale for for what ended up being the George Clooney cameo, and I'm okay with the Clooney cameo for yeah. one re for one reason. It's because in this world we got it. We kind of had it. It's almost like only Nixon can go to China thing. We had a a really rugged, raw, antisocial Batman that because of his mistake with Superman and just getting older and getting to the end of the line. He's warmed up and become warmer, warmer and fuzzier. So that makes swapping out the George Clooney Bruce Wayne, which was always uh, for in his timeline in his universe, way too warm and fuzzy. That's that was the worst part of him. 
But now it fits because he's replacing a, a Batman that's kind of in a similar place. Just so yeah. So those were so that's why I was okay with the with with the Clooney with the Clooney thing. Uh, the the bail thing. Not that he ever would have really have done it. I think, but the bail the bail thing would have been cool. But I would have been. I think the like going with the Mike the original Michael Keaton ending would have been better. I think that would have been cooler. And I and the idea that. But hopefully we'll see Supergirl again because I think there's still hope that Sasha Kaye might get 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 another chance to play the parts in some way, shape, or form. And she, she I think she was she didn't get as much screen time as I think certainly as I expected. But she was really good in the role, and she has she has it. So I think she kind of was she was the kind of like the breakout kind of like the star. breakout star in this one. Agreed. I mean, I. Supergirl doesn't have to be blonde for me. She works. She works. Um, now, Batman, which we've got to say, he got plenty of screen time, and he was, well, his stunt double was kicking ass. I know Michael <laughs> Keaton is like 71, so yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be doing some of these action scenes. But, you know, him hand gliding, him blocking bullets. I mean, he was really like, especially in the Russian prison, he was kicking some serious ass. Yeah, it 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 does seem odd, like you said. I mean, between between the stunt double and obviously some CGI here and there, that because we know how the how the eighty you know how the eighty nine Batman Batman moves because it had to be practical and it was a lot. And that suit was not really designed for for a lot of movement, as we all know. <laughs> as long as you don't have to turn your head, it's all good. Nick. Yeah, but that 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 was a cool that whole that whole sequence was cool. Seeing, you know, because now at that point, young, you know, young Barry's wearing our Barry's costume because since, since the other one doesn't have any powers. So he's trying to figure shit out and seeing Batman do Batman like things, you know, hacking into stuff with a, with a, with a flip phone or trying to, that was good, trying to. I mean, he would have gotten it eventually, but the flat, but <laughs> I tried every combination. <laughs> and, and, and the throwback and the throwback line to like when he, when he, uh, when he used the bat, the the grappling hook and and the and the uh, but Kim Basinger about how much do you weigh? When it when oh he, yeah yeah that that was a, that was a nice callback when he's asked and the fact that again Bar- and the cool and just as in- as cool as the question is the fact that Barry was like instantaneously was able to figure this calculating yeah, yeah. I mean the, that was pretty impressive I mean the way the way he had brain and which makes sense well actually. It wasn't. Well, I guess it doesn't make too much sense, it, other than the fact that he's smart because he doesn't have his powers at that point, right? Because it was our it was our Barry who figures it out, and yes, he doesn't and he doesn't have the speed force to help his any to help his thought process at all. But he but he just went on. Well, he knows how much he weighs and probably assumes how much he based on look and and past history how much he weighed, and then he's just making a raw guess on. <laughs> on Kara. Kara, she she was yeah she was dilapidated and just. Yeah. yeah. Skin and bones. Skin and bones. Yeah, I felt yeah. bad for her, but it was a good turnaround too when and even though it wasn't Superman, you know, our Barry is like, no, we need to help her. Right. And then later on when he's in the chair and she comes back, you know, it's just the thing to do, the thing they're supposed to do. So that was a good turnaround and, you know, building of the story. Um in some aspects I wish they would have took more elements from Flashpoint since this kind of really what it was. And once we realized that the whole spaghetti thing, that they could have gone a little further out with the differences and and the changes to just make it more interesting as we went, even though 
a lot of the focus was just on Zod and what was happening there. You know, going back to the Man of Steel story where I just felt like, okay, yeah, it's time travel, but just kind of a retread. It's like, give us some rogues. Let's just, even if it's a little bit, you know, on the TV, Captain Cold robbing a bank or something, just give us something more flash-like in there to just make it more of a flash thing than just a rehash. But I guess when they wrote it, they didn't really actually even see it being the end of, you know, the Ezra Miller flash, and they probably had plans to go other places with it. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think, I mean, because again, you know, when you look at how long this movie was gestating about as long as, or almost as long as friggin' Black Adam was. So when you think about it, that, and the only difference was this movie was shot for so long. <laughs> it was shot and delayed and then reshot, and they had to deal with the, all the Ezra Miller stuff. That, yeah, I don't think it'd be interesting to know if it was always this far into the multiverse or whether they just kind of either jumped on the multiverse bandwagon or just they became less and less confident that the Ezra Miller version of this character could sell a movie, which is the ultimate irony, because now that we see this character in this movie under normal circumstances, yeah, this character probably could have could certainly have grown into a somebody who could could carry a movie that's basically a literally a flash based movie or at least have a team up with somebody and have something so related to the flash have more than this was you know this wasn't really it was only flash based really because you you have two Barry out three Barry Allens even though one's kind of just a variation of the same one <laughs> so you can make a case for all variations of the same one so maybe not but I would mean I meant younger and dark flash based basically being the same. But yeah, but that, that, that pasta scene is still that's still one of the best scenes in the whole DCU. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And they did some things right. I mean, the comedy, especially when the two flashes meet or the two Barrys meet, and he's teaching the younger Barry kind of how things go. There was some good comedy there, so I'll definitely give them that. Or even when Barry is like, "Now I see why people find me and how people see me as being annoying." Yes, that was that was on point. I really loved that part. But you know. Young Barry burning off his clothes, being naked and causing the whole domino effect of disaster in the city. That was fun. That was cute. Um, him phasing through the floor and surprising his neighbor being naked again. <laughs> you know, there's some good comedy in there. I'll give it to him. They, they, they brought some of that stuff. Um, the family aspect. Yeah, I don't know how that had to affect everybody. Just him the longing for his mom or even at the end when he meets his mom and just the sadness of it all and just the emotion was there and i didn't even realize that Ezra Miller was supposed to be hispanic but that was a nice i, I, I don't i don't know if it you don't have to change his ethnicity but it was kind of a nice touch the mom loving her music the dancing it was it was a nice touch it was a little spice there that they put in there which i thought made it a little bit more it just made it interesting because i wasn't expecting it at all no, I agree. I I think, which is funny because part of the part of the litmus uh, or the I litany of excuses for why this movie failed is like somebody I know some people were trying to say because the the audience was so male heavy that 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 somehow this movie wasn't diverse enough and it's like this movie is it's like come on man how many check boxes do you need to, to be happy. I mean, first of all, Ezra Miller is not exactly the poster child for straight for straight hetero males in the world to begin with. So just by him being the main the, the actor himself, not the character, but the actor is clearly you're checking a diversity box if you need to right there. Like I said, they kind of go ahead. 
how do I say this? I was going to say he is, but Ezra is a they, they, them. Yes. I think. Okay. And you have, they changed, they obviously, like we said, they changed his mom to Latina. Okay. Uh, they cast the Latina to be Supergirl, which is fine because it doesn't really matter. I mean, he, she she looks Kryptonian. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, and you got Iris that continued the pattern of Iris being black that we saw okay. from the TV show. I'm sorry, but, there was no chemistry between the two of them. I do I agree. I agree with that. Nothing. But they did recast Iris. She was supposed to be a different actress before, right? Uh, no. I think, no. No, she still. Kersey Clemens was still the one that was in the Snyder Cut. Okay. That which is why which is why when she referenced a point that I think we met a few years ago, that's what she's talking about when he speed when he speed saves her because when they lock eyes for that. Uh, but yeah, she was she was originally supposed she was one of the many characters that were supposed to be in the original theatrical release of the Justice League that I think got completely cut when they had to do when Whedon had to come in and try to make lemonade out of lemons and and basically made crap. <laughs> but 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 the reality is, yeah, so I lo- she's cute, but I don't I just don't I, I agree. I don't think there's a lot of I don't think you're I think you're right. There's not a lot of chemistry and I don't necessarily I don't feel a natural connection with this version of of those characters as opposed to as annoying as Iris got in the TV show as time went on and as all encompassing <laughs> encompassing as she did as like Barry couldn't like take a leak without Iris like tapping for him for him that that at least relationship in the in the TV show seemed you could you could believe these two people are together it's it was harder in this movie I I I don't even know where I dropped off on the TV show, maybe season five or something. I think when I left off, Cisco was just quitting. So yeah, uh, no, it probably was a little later then, even though it's hard to, it's hard to know because I think you, I think you're right. I think he quit and did come and he still came back a couple of times after he quit. Um, because I think I'm trying to remember if the final season was the first full season he was gone or whether he was completely gone in eight and nine, but I think the daughter when when uh, uh Nora. Wait, what was her speed name? Um. Oh, index in excess. Excess. Right? No. In- yeah, I think when she disappeared it was like the last season I saw, I believe. But oh, I, that was I the, that was the first. You mean the first time she? The first time they did her. <laughs> yeah. As opposed, so to speak, before they brought back, there was like I think <laughs> her brother, right? Yes, yes, there were okay, two of them. There were two of them when they came back the next time. I didn't I didn't see any of that stuff when they came back. The first time she disappeared is that I think is probably where I ended the series. Which is funny because a lot of people I've I've seen a lot of people say that. It's like, oh when Nora came on this the show went down and they went into the toilet. <laughs> Which I understand because she's almost as annoying as Barry and making the same mistakes, but but Jessica Parker Kennedy, Kennedy Parker, Parker Kennedy, I think. She's a she was so adorable. I kind of had to overlook yes. it. <laughs> We're on the same page there too. Yeah, I had to overlook it. Plus, she she was when she first came on the show, she was like 34, 35, but she looks like she's 27 <laughs> at least. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked her too much. I I had to I had to cut I had to cut her some slack. But I can understand why people thought the character was was annoying, just like the relationship between her and Iris and how she was because of the baggage of the future, she was holding it against this version of Iris and yeah, time travel. And- and and this is the last tangent I'll take with the TV show, but they the, the constant speed villains 
<laughs> didn't do the show any justice every season it being different speedster villain it just it wore on me after a while and i know after i stopped it kept going with it too i heard so i didn't i didn't finish did you you finished it yeah i finished the I, season nine is one of the few seasons i actually watched almost every episode shortly after it came out i don't i, I i'm trying to remember if i watched the season finale. I watched one of them live. I don't, that might have been the finale, but either way, I, I usually watch it on the CW app on the Fire Stick, like the two days like after. And now that's all. Now it's all on Netflix. Now I think they, they already have the final season. I think all the seasons are now on Netflix. Uh, but uh, you almost have to watch the last episode because they literally bring back every speedster villain they ever had <laughs> and, they, and dispose of them almost equally as fast. <laughs> It's like wow. It's like it's like they're all here. Uh, Savitar, Avatar, whatever the hell your name is, you're back. Oh, you're gone. Oh, Zoom, Reverse Flash. Oh, you're gone. <laughs> it's like what was the point of this again? And there's an irony that they put all those in the TV show, but we couldn't get it in the damn movie. Yeah, or even a hint of it in the movie. Yeah, I I I agree. Um, so. I guess we probably should at least talk a little bit about how, about how epic how epic a failure this movie is shaping up to be. <laughs> Ooh, you want to talk the numbers? Yes, oh, lay the numbers on me. Oh my god! Uh, first, putting it in perspective, I think there are potentially two winners that are coming out of this. One is a small W, and that small W would be us Green Lantern fans, because Green Lantern is will no longer be the only poster child for mainstream. Gr- DC character failure, uh, especially considering how bad this movie. I mean, this movie had a worse drop than Green Lantern in the second week. It still might make more money than Green Lantern did domestically. It might. It's not guaranteed that it's going to. But there's a chance, you know, at least it's we're going to have company now. Now, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I think this movie is still much better than the Green Lantern movie. Not that that movie is horrible, but this movie is company. better. This movie's better. Yes, and, and but you're throwing in all these other characters is definitely give it a leg up. Yeah, and there were a lot of reasons, despite the Ezra Miller baggage, there were lots of reasons why this movie could have worked and arguably should have worked. Green Lantern was there weren't that many things working in its favor based on what we mm-hmm. ha- what we had to. Now, don't get me wrong, people are Green Lantern's always going to be held in a much in its own category, unfortunately, because Ryan Reynolds won't shut up. If Ryan Reynolds was Ryan Reynolds has lived has, talk about the whole idea if you you either die a hero or live live long enough to become the villain. Villain. He has lived long enough to he's black hand because every <laughs> single time the corpse of that movie seems to be ready to die, he has to resurrect it because he just won't shut the hell up. If he did, then maybe. But there's so many excuses, and we're going to talk about that in a second. And people are making about this movie. That it's like they want to they want to excuse the failure of this movie and they never did that with Green Lantern. But so it, it's tongue in cheek, but it's a small W, maybe for okay. for us. The big the the big winner of this, if there's any, it's Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> the Rock is the Rock is the winner because for all the shit that he took and Black Adam took, and I think a lot of that was not fair. And I don't mean even about the movie. I just mean all this. Oh, he's the one to destroy his ego, destroyed the DCU and blah, 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 blah. And look how little money. Black Adam is making so much more money than The Flash, which should never have happened. I do have those numbers. Let me bring that. Let me let me get to that page. And now that I say that, I think I closed it. But I can bring it back because it's in my history. (laughs) I was like, oh, geez. 
Here we go. Flash comparison. Flash versus Black Adam. All right. So as we speak, let's let's do an as we speak overall here. Black Adam finished its entire domestic run at 168 point. Let's say one. Let's say two. 168.2 million domestically, and it made 391.2 worldwide. As we speak, the Flash has only made 89.2 domestically. And 202.5 worldwide. I think it's a pretty safe bet. It ain't going to make another, like another, what was it, seven? Is it 70? Yeah, like like another 79, give or take. Call it 80, just round it up. Yeah, I don't think this movie, considering how much it dropped, with its, what, 72% drop, 73% drop in weekend number two, which is a much bigger drop, by the way, than uh, Black Adam. Uh, there's no that that Black Adam had a bigger opening by like twelve million dollars. It had a bigger second week by twelve million dollars. And with regardless of how Indiana Jones does or doesn't do, there's enough movies coming out in July. There's no reason to think <laughs> this movie couldn't hold in week two. There's no reason to think it's going to hold. Period. So this movie, the odds of it catching Black Adam domestically are probably nil. And I don't really think it's. I would be stunned actually if it has like another hundred and eighty million dollars left in it worldwide it's possible but it hasn't done well worldwide either so this is this is you know this now the production budgets were the same for the so that's something 200 million yeah 200 million for each uh you would have to think in all honesty that the promotional budget for the flash was higher they won't tell us this but you'd have to think as much as they were pushing this movie that that, do you do you think even though they took ezra out of you know the the marketing for it. You still think they they put in more money? Yeah, I think I I yeah, because if it was a balancing act, I think I think they because don't forget, and this is one of the and I and again all these quote unquote excuses. There's some truth in all of this, but but it, the question is like how much of each one of these little arguments. Part of the argument for why the movie didn't do as well was because you had oh the you have the writer strike. So there's no talk shows. So you can't bring these people on to push the movie. Now, obviously, Ezra Miller wouldn't have been on anyway, but you would have been able to put Michael Keaton on. You would have been able to put Sasha Kaye on. If you, in theory, you could have put Ben Affleck on. You could have put Jeremy Irons on if you wanted to. You could have put so that you could have put Michael Shannon on, even though I don't think he would be a particularly good interview on the, on the subject, but you could have. But so that was that's what that's one of the excuses, along with the Ezra Miller baggage. And oh, the and and the great superhero fatigue, you know, just like the bullshit Star Wars fatigue, there really wasn't. Now it's superhero fatigue, except this movie is coming out right around the time the Spider Verse is still kicking ass and just regained number one. That's exactly what I was going to touch on next. And Guardians, despite a subpar opening, continues to make money. So the argument is lame. It makes no sense. And the other one that I love, which is so stupid, because you make up these man, it's perfect for 2023. You make up terms, just make manufacture terms that nobody knows what they mean, and then you change the definition anytime you want. It's like they were calling, they were calling the Flash. Oh, it was a deep universe character, which essentially is supposed to mean that you're really like you're mining the bottom of the barrel to come up with characters from your respective franchise to try to spin off. You know, like the, like Marvel did with Guardians, and it worked. Or like DC did with Black Adam, and it didn't really work, but it's working better than Flash. <laughs> the Flash ain't no deep universe character. He's one of the top five characters most people would name 
if you're talking about, especially if Batman and Robin can be grouped together, the Flash is going to be in the top five for characters you rattle off. And, and I mean, and, and I mean, even with Guardians, it's not like the Guardians weren't known in the comic book, in the comic book, the comics themselves, because the whole Annihilation and Danit and Abning DNA. I mean, Guardians was on a roll in the comics. They were on a roll. Marvel Cosmic was back. It was a big thing. It was, you know, largely left alone so they could really have fun and take risks. So, you know, Guardians wasn't really a huge gamble as people try to make it sound because the characters were popular and well known. I still think it was because for the for the for at old, least for the comic book audience, because we were we were, we were going to come out and see that through and through. Well, yeah, and the MCU had enough clout at that point where back in the day where they could throw it. They would, literally, they they could throw stuff against the wall and it would and, and there was a good chance it would stick. But if you're looking at certainly old school comic book fans and just mainstream, not kind of I. Because you have to remember the Guardians themselves historically oh, from beginning to end. You're right. During that time frame, they kind of hit some traction, but they were never that popular before. And then, and the team that they picked weren't even like the original Guardians. <laughs> no, no, it was that Dan and Abding team. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so it, I, it was relatively obscure because the average moviegoer who was a casual comic book fan would know who the Guardians were. You would know who Iron Man was. You might even know you, you would know who Ant Man was in more likelihood than you would with Guardians. True. But I, so I still think that so theoretically, I think Ant-Man would still be Ant-Man would be. I mean, uh, that was true, too. But Guardians would be a bigger deep dive. The Eternals is an example. That was a deep dive. <sighs> yes. Stupid deep dive. But it was a deep dive. You can make a case. Shang-Chi was also a deep dive in that work. <laughs> but so, hey, 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 it's not the Inhumans, right? <laughs> the, yeah, we didn't we didn't get that movie, but they said, but they decided to give us the next best thing, the Eternals movie took their place. Oh God! But nonetheless, but they yeah, so the whole deep universe garbage excuse was being used. So and and that makes no sense for the Flash. That's a well known character. Just like a lot, of, you have to look at the MCU. A lot of the characters that that people know, not us as comic book fans, but the movie going right. audience that just accepts now as mainstream. A lot of those characters were not. I mean. Iron Man is was not an A tier comic book character. People know him, but he, you know, Tony Stark, you know, he he wasn't Spider Man, and he wasn't the Hulk when he was super popular. He wasn't Wolverine when the X Men was popular. He wasn't the Punisher or Deadpool when they were, you know, he's he was there. He's well known, but it's like neither was Cap. Arguably, people people may have more of an emotional. Ever, it resonates, yeah, it resonates a little bit, Cap, even, but still, I mean, but some of these characters, like Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle's a deep dive, because once again, it's a character that we know, but once again, it's not even the original character, or the main, the most well-known version of the character. Yeah, and he's within the last, well, I'm old now anyway, but he, what, 15 years at least? Maybe yeah. Not even? So, but I think... I think you look at this movie and there are lots of reasons why it failed. I I think a lot of people were hoping or thought the interest in the movie was greater clearly than it was. And they were hoping that a lot of the other stuff could overcome the Ezra Miller baggage. And now that and, and clearly it did not. It could not dig itself out. And now it doesn't mean that that's the only reason why this movie failed. But if somebody was on the fence and didn't want to go see it, 
the Ezra Miller stuff was a good reason to justify. I'm going to wait till it shows up on Max (laughs) because I don't want to pay money to see a movie. And the the ever important one, we all know this universe as it has existed isn't going to is not going to continue. Nope. Even though we got we still got two more movies, right? Yeah, and Blue Beetle's another one because Blue Beetle, we know from what they're saying anyway, is going to carry over into the the gun, the gun, the gunverse, the gunverse. And there's a, and they're probably based on the comments in in uh, the Flash movie that there's a decent shot Momoa might still survive as Aquaman in whichever re- in which in the universe that Gunn makes. Stupid because again he's so unlike Aquaman in the way he's supposed to be in the comic books. It is somewhat ironic. The irony of that statement was not lost on me when Barry's saying almost pretty much all the Aquaman look like you, and it's like he doesn't look anything like Aquaman's supposed to look. And he's Jason Momoa being Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa. Which, which he's good at. My dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's good at it. He's he's well cast for playing himself. But yeah. But this universe is dying, so the interest to go spend money on movies, just you know, that's 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 another thing. So you combine all this, you got a perfect a perfect storm of eh. The movie's good. I think I wish it had done better. I think because there's certain aspects of this I would like to see continue, especially if they had kept the original ending where Keaton was brought back, being able to do more with Michael Keaton as an older Batman, an elder statesman kind of Batman, uh, even if he's just kind of like the brains behind it now and organizing things and things like. And obviously, we can keep our fingers crossed we'll see Sasha Kaye again because she was, she was, like we said, she's kind of like the breakout of this. Damn, you know, I just realized that, like, they put the big two in this flash movie they put a superman a woman and batman in this movie the two big guns from the dc universe <laughs> yeah and obviously you would think if they had put if cavill was in this movie he probably would that would have helped too but uh without already knowing he was going to be still pushed out the door obviously if there was a different if the timeline had been altered where we know he was still going to continue as superman then that would have helped some not as much as people think because you know, people weren't coming out and supporting a lot of these projects before the, all this recasting started going on. It's it's a mess. DC is a mess. I mean, I know today, and I don't have the, the people in front of me, and they don't mean anything to me anyway because I've never seen them in anything. But I know, gone. They have they announced a new Superman and Lois for Superman Legacy. Yeah, and they they're not they're not well known actors. No, they're not. But I, but they seem to be well relatively highly regarded in what they've done so far. And right, I know what. Good. Which, which is good for that next 10 year plan of them actually sticking around and having these characters continue and grow. So. And we know that they're, they're seriously talking about what Andrew Skarsgård being Lex Luthor. Uh, I don't that's not, that was not confirmed yet, but I think there's a lot there. I think there were ton, I saw tons of stories today circling around that he's he's going to be their choice, which is an interesting, a very interesting choice because of how physically imposing. He will be as a Lex Luthor, which, of course, you're not used to seeing as Lex Luthor. I'm going to side tangent you again real quick. Have you been watching the Superman and Lois show? No, I have not. Okay. There's a new Luthor here, which is a departure as well. And I'm just like, oh, interesting. But all right. They do try to mix things up. But at least we at least we know it's not the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. <laughs> For all you Snyder fans out there, you own that one and you will always own that one. <laughs> Along with flushing... Flushing the Dark Knight Returns, the death of Superman, and the reign of the Superman all in the same movie, flushing them <sighs> all down the toilet so you could bring Doomsday in. For- 
Yes, that's your architect right there. <laughs> too Woo! much, too much, too much. The reign of the Superman would be so awesome on, on the big screen. It's like, yeah. oh, and let's kill off a Superman that we just met. So, so it has me. So it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know that 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 would that would have been as big as the three Spider Man. You know. Yes, it could have been. It would have been as big as that for sure. Yeah, you think about that. If they had done that right, if they had done something like that, where you had, where well, you you maybe had one more Superman movie, then you killed off Superman. You did like a two-parter where you killed off Superman, and the second part was the reign of the super. Yeah, that thing would have been that thing. That thing would have been so. You could have done so much with that. That would have been so cool. And instead, it's like, no, let's give us a bastardized version of this, and let's ruin this potential storyline, and blah. Yeah. Dude, can, can you imagine if they would have freaking did Cyborg Superman and just have him blow up Coast City? Yeah. Oh. That would have been cool. Except in oh. this except in this version, if if Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern, I, I was hoping I'd be rooting for Cyborg Superman to win. <laughs> I was like, can we make sure Hal's there? Hit his rings out of charge. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, so you, you just want to bring in Kyle or John or Guy, huh? Just get get rid of Hal. That was always the tricky uh, part about doing about doing a movie version of Emerald Twilight. That's what that's that's, a, that's what I struggled with when I was doing when I was writing my Green Lantern scripts and I did my first two and the third one was Emerald Twilight and I never finished it but I did the synopsis because it's like let me write something I might actually be able to do something with that I had it's like how much do you how much of the the end of the reign of the Superman do you bring in because you don't know where the DCU would be at that point. It's like it's, it's like you have to be really careful about it. It's like so I think I was writing it where it still was Mongol and Cyborg Superman, but but it wasn't tied to the reign of the Superman. I think that's what it was. It was like a plan to kill Superman. They started we're starting with Coast City before taking out Metropolis with the whole engine city stuff. The little trial run before we <laughs> Yeah, essentially. So so then that kind of so when the Justice League does show up and it's a little too late and that part of what part of the bitterness with Hal about about push getting him closer to the edge is the fact that this was all done basically to this this was all done to spite Superman essentially and it's like thanks thanks a lot <laughs> and you couldn't even get your ass here in time to help thanks so any more th- so things you haven't touched upon because I know I've monopolized this more than I wanted to no but. no it's it's all good um I mean we talked about the comedy I'm I'm trying to play the whole movie back through my head I will give I will give them points for this. I do like that you had the Justice League show up to support in different ways. You know, Wonder Woman showing up when she did, even though, you know, she was late, but she still came. It's just like when things are big enough, it's good to see them still try to come together. So even Barry's call at the beginning when he's in the coffee shop and Alfred is calling him to come help out because the building's gonna collapse. I like that. That's that's good continuity. That's good explanation sometimes of how you know when these individual movies go down and it's a world ending threat and you only have one hero there where's everybody else there's no explanation you know they they built on that a little bit here and gave you a little bit which i like so that was a good touch i'll give them that that was that was smart yeah i think that's that's good world that's good world building that we obviously i know honestly we have we did not see enough of in the mcu even when it was in peak mcu we didn't get as much of that support and, and now that we're past peak mcu i mean it's like there never, never were avengers because nobody ever shows up for anything anymore anything. it's like eh, you got this <laughs> hey thor you need help hey the hulks are right nah, you got this uh, go deal with 
Go, go deal with Christian Bale on your own. You, we got him. You don't need these any backup. Uh. So, so yeah, that's. I mean, there there are a few rays of light in this movie. There are a few good things that make this movie worth seeing. Overall, not a bad movie at all. It's not a terrible movie. It's no, a no. fun movie. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, you know, it's a fun movie. It has its moments. It has some nonsense, especially when we talk about the ending and how it just. But overall, it's a good, it's a good shot. It's a, it's a good movie. It's not great. It's a good movie. Yes, and I do think it it deserves better than it's the it deserve it deserved a better fate than apparently it's going to have. Yeah. But, but I mean, so that so that that is unfortunate. It's. Uh, so on that level, it's kind of like Green Lantern in the sense that Green Lantern did not deserve that, you know, that albatross around its neck that it got. But again, this movie overall is much better. And it's, it, it kind of knows what it wants to be a lot more, I think, than Green Lantern did. And it, and as a character, as a character piece, again, that's part of, it is hard to overlook the ending, but like I kind of like joking again, around again. It's like if you watch The Flash for like nine seasons, it's not going to shock you that Barry did that. You kind of, it's kind of like you're waiting for Barry to do something stupid. It's like, I was like, I learned my lesson. Let me go, but, but I'm going to go back and screw up the timeline again. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so it's, it's so again, it's not as, it's still stupid. It's not as shocking on that level, but you still, you still get some growth in Barry as a character. So, so on that, it's the only time it's the ultimate irony is that the only time it's like, I wouldn't mind seeing this version of the flash again, going forward, even though we know we're never, (laughs) the odds are we're never going to. (laughs) How, how, how did you feel about Barry's, uh, uh, his quirks, his. Like the sandwich thing, but it's with the one, with the one woman. And then. No, just his behavior. His, I, I wouldn't say he's on a spectrum, but you know, he's, his awkwardness. Yes, those little awkward things that they they have him do. I don't know if he's supposed to be on a spectrum or whatever, but uncomfortableness with being around people and his yeah, his awkwardness, I guess, is the best way to say. It. Was he supposed to be kind of on the spectrum or something like that, or have some kind of? I think you would assume that, even going back to like to the to Justice League and things like that. I. It's hard to it's hard to accept that part of his personality because we know that's not really Barry in the books, nor is it Barry even in the TV show. Sure. Yeah. So that's why it's hard. That was one of the worst. I think that, and arguably, that's one of the worst choices by making him be so so awkward and, and goofy and and like, a, oh yeah, he's willing to he's willing to join the Justice League in two seconds because he needs friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. But still, there was something endearing a little bit about this version of that character, that this go around with this version. And I think that that's another plus for this. So uh, Ezra Miller, as a from a performance perspective, did a good job in this movie in, in both those and both those main Barry roles. Everybody, I think almost everybody did a good job from an acting perspective. So I think so I can understand the lack of interest for all, all the multiple reasons slash excuses we talked about. But I certainly would recommend if people are if they're if you're not going to go out and spend the money to see it now, just when it comes on max, like in a couple of months, I definitely would recommend watching it because I would I would suspect more people will enjoy it than won't enjoy. it. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Corman, we got we got like two minutes. Push your stuff, man. (laughs) 
Listeners can find me at EMPcast on Twitter, uh, EarthMightiestPodcast.com is the website. Uh, June has been a rough month for everybody, so we haven't put out much content, but there's EMP, all about the Avengers, EMX, all about the X-Men, EMBS, where we just literally talk pop culture, nothing but the comic book stuff, and work with the podcast is finally back since Deadpool has a monthly book again. Cool. For us, LanternCast.com, LanternCast at gmail.com. That's enough. No, I'm not kidding. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, a hashtag. Hashtag GeoCast, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. If you like our Discord information, lanterncast at gmail.com. We'll send it to you. Last but not least, texting or voicemail, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. Yes, especially about the new Green Lantern series. Yes, 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 yes. We need to be recording more often. We have to figure out some other topics to do because this, this was long overdue. I can't remember the last time you and I recorded on our own. <laughs> oh, it's been a it's been a while, but this year has just been rough. I, oh, trust me, I get it. Trust. Thank, I've been I've been there. <laughs> thank you for inviting me on. Um, always have a blast coming on with you guys. You know I love the show. So thanks again. Hopefully listeners enjoy it. But yes, I will be dropping some voicemails soon because I'm catching up on my lantern stuff and i don't know how i feel about this night terrorist thing like you guys said but we'll see we'll know soon enough thank you for coming on as always and you'll be back soon good night everybody later